This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. So, Scott, we spoke yesterday for uh, episode 175, and um, we speak now just after one one further game, which was the Ottawa game. So, um, for me, we we touched on DeBrusque and, and, and Marchand and Bergeron, you know, continuing to click, and and DeBrusque's you can you just see his speed. He looks like he shot through out of a cannon right now, and that's when he's playing his best. And Marchand. He just seems to be much more like himself and whatnot. So that's great. Um, the, I guess the other, the biggest, one of the bigger takeaways for me from this game is just um, really watching Tyler Bertuzzi and see see how he's doing. And again, like I don't think he, he didn't have any points, but he did have six shots on goal, and that 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 is a sign of somebody who is. Uh, engaged in pressing and getting opportunities. Yeah, and he he led the team in five on five shot attempts. He had eight five on five shot attempts. Um, yeah, it's like I feel like I'm saying this after every game now, but you can just tell he's getting more comfortable. He's shooting more. He's being more aggressive. Like he's not deferring as much, and yet he's also still making those really nice passes um, to help set up his line mates, his teammates. Um, yeah. It's, you know, I thought he was involved on the four check. He was all around the net. It was like, there, there were multiple times, both with his usual third line and a couple times they dropped him down to the fourth line um, to take a shift in Loco's spot. And it was like, you would just see, you know, chaos down low and he's like right in the middle of it. Just, battling for pucks, you know, poking it free. Like um, one time he had just like a clean steal, like just stripped the, the defender from behind as he started coming out of the corner. Um, yeah. Like this is what you want to see. It's like just that kind of tenacious work ethic um, that, you know, it's funny because I don't know. I don't know if you saw this or thought it at all, or, but I I got like a couple tweets or, or saw a couple tweets from people. You know, maybe his first week or two, or you know, his first handful of games. They were like, "Is it just me, or like does Bertuzzi look kind of like almost disinterested, disengaged at times?" And I hadn't like I don't think I had really seen that or thought that, but it seemed to be something that like some fans were, were seeing or wondering. And I think if that, like if that thought had crossed your mind, I imagine these last couple of games would have to, you know, have dispelled that. Like he looks, you, you know, like you said, very engaged. He's just been very active and involved and in, in the middle of a lot of good things when he's been on the ice. 
yeah, I think I think Bruins fans oftentimes feel like when when a so-called agitator or pest or bruiser or, you know joins the team that their first game they're supposed to you know put something through the glass or start face washing and you've mentioned you made comments in the past recently about how Bertuzzi is not a major um, body checker I guess per se which I, you know to be honest with you I didn't watch Red Wings games all the time uh, I, I've seen enough of him to know what kind of player he is but I I actually was surprised to, to to notice that he's not not that kind of player um so maybe that's why certain people thought he was disengaged because he felt like he was probably going to be part of a, a a larger plan in Detroit and then you know goes goes to Boston and, and whatnot and isn't dropping the gloves or whatever but um you know that's not the case I mean that's, I, he's clearly interested in the behind the B stuff you you would see that I just think you know, it's a lot of change for somebody and that's all, that's all that it really is in my opinion. Yeah. And, uh, and not to keep just stealing points that Razor has made on Sunday skate or during his EI interviews, but like, but I, I just think like a player's perspective is valuable where two of those early games were against his former team in Detroit. And like uh-huh. Razor has said, it's, it's like, no matter what, no matter how professional you are, how happy you are to be on your new team or whatever, that's just a weird situation. Like you, you're facing guys that you were friends with, that you hung out with every day, that you were teammates with, like literally one week ago. And you know, so it's like no matter how much you try to ignore that once the game starts and play your game and whatever, it's like human nature is like, you know, am I really getting as pissed at this guy as I would at you know some other opponent? Like. No, it's like I, you know, I was just going to battle that guy like seven days ago. Like how, you know, yeah. how much can I really kind of ha- him get on my nerves and me get on his? Yeah, I mean, there's no greater example of that, Scott, than than than, than Adam Banks. You know, I mean, he goes <laughs> he goes from from the Hawks, you know, the Minnesota powerhouse to the District Five Ducks, you know, he's got those, uh, the, he's got the starter jacket with the Hawks. And now he's playing, you know, taking slap shots with Fulton Reed and Averman. Look, it's, it's tough. It's tough. You know, this is an adjustment period there. That's right. That's right. That could have been, been a cautionary tale. You know, we should have, should have, should have, should have been on the lookout for that. So, um, all right. So any other takeaways from this game in particular that you wanted to go over before we want to, some more macro uh, storylines. Uh, I mean, just, you know, I thought first two periods, like the Bruins weren't great. They looked a little off, um, gave up a lot of shots, 37 shots through the first two periods. And then third period, they like completely turned it around, clamped down, only gave up four shots in the third, um, had a lot of offensive zone time. And it's like, that's, you know, that this game could have been trending towards another game like in Calgary where they just give up a ton of shots and it's like, well, I guess we're just going to have to have Lena steal one tonight. And it didn't go down that path. Like they were able to, as a team, get it on track in the third period and be like, no, no, we're actually going to earn this win. Like we're not just going to put it on all on Allmark. We can be better. And they were. And you know, they've now had a few of these really strong third periods recently during this now, you know, 
four game winning streak um, that, you know, that had been part of like the slippage, right. It was whether it was Edmonton or Chicago, like they seem to just not have it in the third ran out of steam, whatever, took it for granted. I don't know, but um, they have that. They've been the best third period in the team in the NHL all season. So it looks like they kind of have that back now where they're, you know, even in a game where they weren't great, the first two periods, they close it out strong. Yeah. Which I guess is a nice sign that they can turn it on when they want to, but it's a cautionary tale about, yeah, you you can't rely on that and you don't want to, if, if you're not playing the full 60 in the playoffs, it's, you know, chances are you're not going to win the ultimate prize. But, yes, I mean, I think given the circumstance that they're in, where they are in the standings, where it is in the, in the regular season schedule, um, yeah, they're just collecting points any way they can. And, and, and yeah, third period's been very strong for them all year. You um, you made mention of, of Lena Solmark and, 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 and his performance today, in particular through the first 40 minutes of play. I'm going to throw it back into your side of the court for a, uh, you know, just, just something that you wanted to discuss um, about the idea of, you know, potentially using more than one guy in the playoffs or, or is, you know, is Swayman really just Allmark's number two or is there potential, uh, you know, potentially more at stake between those two this year? Yeah. I mean, so first just like start with the Allmark. I feel like there's been, you know, there's been some talk recently of like a slump or, you know, he hasn't looked like himself. And to me, you're really only talking about one, maybe two games. Chicago wasn't good for sure. And then the Minnesota game, I mean, he only gives up two goals that counted, but yes, he did technically give up two others that got called back by video review. Um, but yeah, obviously, even early in tonight's game, I thought, you know, a little bit shaky. Um, you know, the the one auto goal wasn't great. He had another, um, like, just total misplay where the puck slid off his stick into the slot and he recovered and, and bailed himself out. But then he just totally locked it down, especially in that second period. He was incredible. Um, and then obviously not tested a ton in the third. But I think it's pretty safe to say they don't win that game without Allmark being very close to the top of his game. Um, so, yeah, so the – and Swayman, you know, two straight shutouts, his last two starts after his own little mini slump. It's – the idea of, like, potentially rotating them is – you know, I brought this up like a while ago, I think I mentioned on here, I asked Razor about on the first Sunday skate with, you know, over a month ago. And it's like, everyone's approach. Jim Montgomery has been asked about it, said he, he thought about it, but he doesn't anticipate doing it. And that feels like everyone's response is, is like, well, you know, it could work. Maybe it's not totally crazy, but eh, you just don't do it. You know, you, everyone settles on one goalie for the playoffs. And all along I've been like, yeah, that's true. Like I don't expect it to happen, but as I keep watching them, I'm just like, why, why not though? Like I get that, that no one does it, but like they have historically great goaltending this season. And 
the overwhelming majority of it has come just by rotating Allmark and Swayman. And they've both been, Allmark has been great all year. And Swayman has been great basically since December. Um, if they were two, you know, league average or slightly above average goalies, I'd say like, no, ride whoever's hotter at the time. Um, but because they've just been both been so good, I just kind of keep coming back and like thinking to myself, like this has worked all year. Is it really that crazy to consider keeping it going in the playoffs? Um, I also think it would like eliminate some headaches around, you know, when would you like, say you settle on all Mark as your starter for the playoffs, what would it take to go to Swayman at some point? You know, usually that's a pretty long leash. We saw Tugarask get a very long leash, even when he was playing with a torn hip labrum. Um, so usually your starter gets a pretty long leash and it's like, well, if you have a goalie as good as Swayman, does that shorten the leash? Does that, you know, create complications? Like, okay, what if you win a game and all marks? Okay. Not great. Like would that change it? Or does it have to be a legitimately bad game? I, I kind of feel like if you just have like a pure rotation, you just tell the guys, you know, Hey, we're just going to continue what's been working all season. That el- eliminates a lot of it. And you can basically just ride that until like, if one of them falters in a rotation, then fine. Then you go with the hotter hand, but I don't know. I don't think it's that crazy. And also I will say, I just saw, uh, your, your college Merrimack, they've been doing this like the entire second half of the year, including at the hockey semifinals and championship this weekend. So, you know, it's happening at other levels. And I, I do truly believe at some, it's happened a couple of times in the NHL, but I, I do think at some point, like it's going to become something we see more often. Um, I don't know. Those are just kind of like my rambling thoughts on it, I guess. But I, I am increasingly thinking like it really wouldn't be that crazy. Uh, can you just clarify how what the rotation you're speaking of would, would look like? Are you talking every, like literally every other game or like every yep. two games? Every other game. Every other game. Exactly what they've been doing for months. Yeah. I mean, I don't – Personally, like I, I don't love that just because I feel like there's a there's a momentum factor in the playoffs that you guys or not, not you guys but like people are, would be discounting. Like I feel like so so Allmark goes out there and you know stands on his head for a game or Swayman stands on his head for a game and makes forty five saves and and you're just gonna reward him by sticking him on the pine just to have a rotation. And then also I feel like you get to a position where it's like okay, you go to a game seven, and it's like it's. I think it's I think it's a slippery slope. I think that and I think it creates a lot of unnecessary difficult decisions going into a game, into a series. I feel like if a guy is ailing or needs a rest or has had a couple of bad games and you want to change momentum in a series because you only have so much time, I'm all for it. But uh, I don't want to just do a one one on one off split just to keep a guy fresh. Like I, I'd, I'd ride the hot hand. And if, and if the hot hand runs cold, give the other guy a chance. And if he becomes a hot hand and ride him until he's not like, I don't mind giving both guys in that throughout the playoffs, but I don't like the, 
every other game idea. I just think it, I just, I don't know. And I think it's difficult for the team, right? Like your defenseman, like, you know, you have communication with your goaltender behind the net all the time and it's different for each goalie. I'm obviously the Bruins are comfortable with both guys. I'm just saying, it's just, I just think it's a little unnecessary. I think you can give, you can have, because of their tandem, I feel like you can keep them fresh, but not necessarily having to do it with every other game. I, I, I'm not saying it couldn't work, but I just I'm not the biggest fan of that. Yeah, my I think I guess my thing is like because what they're doing now in the regular season is working at historically great levels. Like I wrote last week about how their numbers compared to the rest of the league are you have to go back to the 80s to find a team whose goaltending was this much better than second place in the league or the league average. Um, because it's working at a historically great level, that's why I would keep it going. Like, because I would, I would sit them down and say, guys, you're both playing great. What we've been doing, rotating you has given us incredible goaltending all year. And that's the plan for the playoffs. We're just going to keep going like we have in the regular season. And I actually think that makes decisions between games easier like again now if you get to a point where you know all marks great in game one swayman's okay in game two all marks great in game three swayman's okay in game four like okay then i'm fine riding all mark the rest of the series like i'm not saying like i'm strictly sticking to it no matter what if one guy clearly gets hotter than the other then i'm fine riding him and if that happens between now and game one then that could change my mind. Um, but if they're both playing at this level that they've been at for months now, I, and I think like for coach now coaches, I understand like the decisions always going to be tough. Um, but I think like that plan could be, could actually be easier on the goalies themselves and on the players where, you know, again, they don't have to deal with that. Like, yeah, okay, like if I'm if I'm only okay, does that mean I'm getting benched? If you know if I have two tough games, am I out or does it have to be three? You know, like I, I think those decisions can actually be tougher of knowing like exactly how like what is the point where you make a switch, you know, how much slippage does there have to be before you go to swim and how you know like how do you measure like Allmark's energy levels if he's wearing down at all? Like that, I think that stuff is might be even tougher to to figure out. Yeah, I mean, I'm, personally, I feel like it's it's very simple. It's you go down two zero in a series, you give the other guy a look. And that and that and that's that's when I make a switch. If that if that case happens, if that scenario happens, um, I mean, I look. I'm not going to totally discount the the ideology of what you're discussing, and like if they do that and it works, great. But, like, I just, you know, to say that it makes their decision-making easier, I would say, like, you kind of you kind of bailed out on that because you were like, but also if they kind of, if they wanted to keep a guy and not stick to it completely, I wouldn't hate that. So you, you kind of bail out on your end because, like, because you can't, you can't, you can't advocate for the one-on-one off and then be like, but I wouldn't stick to it. So if you're going to make the argument, I would say, like, if, if, if they're an elimination game in game six and goalie A, you know, makes 35, 40 saves, keeps the Bruins alive. You're going to go to the other guy in game seven just because it's a rotation. So if he's, if he's been really good, yes. Like if, 
don't so like, in, like in this scenario, say Allmark gets game one and you alternate from there, and you know, they, and they've both had really good series, and Swayman just you know won in game six and was really good. If Allmark's been good, then I'm still going back to him in game seven. Like, yeah, that's that's how it would work for me. Well, I, you stick to your guns. I appreciate that. I respect it. Um, I'm all for getting both guys action in the playoffs, but I would agree to disagree. I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan of the one on one off scenario. I just it just I don't know. I just I believe in momentum. I believe in guys getting confidence and 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 riding it game to game. And if a guy f- flounders for a couple of games, like I said, if if, if the Brewers were to go down two zero in a series, no matter who was in that for those two games, they go to the other guy. But I, I do believe that confidence, especially especially with goaltenders, and I know Swayman and Allmark are a special breed this year, and I get what you're saying, and I and I know, I know. But goaltenders really are a special breed, and they when they are feeling confident, I just think that like you don't you don't want to take them out of the cage unless you have to. And I I, I really do believe in momentum with goaltenders. I really do. So um, interesting conversation. I wonder what other other people would think. Um, I just really think that there's a major difference between playoffs and regular season. And momentum is a huge part of playoffs. And that, that extends on a team level and an individual level. But this might be the first time Scott and I've ever had a, had a counter opinions on something. And, and yeah. And I, I understand like I'm in the, very small minority on this because I, I don't think a lot of people agree with this side. Um, and like I said, I would not be considering it if they weren't uh, achieving historic success with the rotation. It's like that. That's ultimately what it comes back to for me is like something is working so well that I look at it and I'm like, I don't know. I, I think I just want to continue doing that. You know, it's like, I, I would say that about, anything you know if if they had tried like say for some reason they had split up Bergeron and Martian at some point this season and we're like yeah but you know we're gonna put them back together when it matters well let's say they split them up and their new lines are just cruising along at like a you know producing at a a high level my take would be like I'm just keep doing what's working like that's Are you still going? Like, no. Okay. I've, I mean, like, I feel like, look, here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I know this sounds obvious, and I'm not trying to, like, be condescending, but, like, the regular season, you play Philadelphia on a Tuesday, then you play Vegas on a Thursday, then you play the Islanders on a Tuesday. Like, you're playing – yeah, it's, it's easier for that to work when you're, when, when you're playing every single team throughout 82 games and – everybody has different travel schedules and you're catching certain teams on back-to-backs and other teams after four days off. And it's just different. But as, as a goaltender, I, I would, I really feel like if you were to pull goaltenders out there, when you're playing the same team over the course of a series game to game, you're, you're, you're living your opposition's shooting tendencies. You're studying them when you're not playing. I just feel like there's like the element of playing the same team multiple times in a series. Like it's, it's not the regular season. And it's like I said, it's like, it's one thing to do swimming against the Islanders and then all my first ducks. But if you have, you know, whatever, if you're playing Panarin and the Rangers for seven games, I feel like if you have a goalie who's playing well and he's, and he's learning about his opposition every game and their tendencies and whatnot to, to stick him on the bench every other game, I just feel like might halt that 
um, process. And if they do this, Scott, and you're and, and, and you're right, I'll get Scott was right tattooed across my ass. But if they're wrong, if you're wrong, then you know we'll have to we'll have to uh, call back to episode one seventy six. But it is a good discussion. I, I I understand what you're saying. I'm not discounting and in, in, in all that. It's just not my cup of tea. Um, yeah. In reality, I would also. Um, because I was just doing like a little bit of research on this. I believe the possibly the only team, but certainly the last team to win the cup with something that resembled a strict rotation was the Bruins in 1971-72. Jerry Cheevers and Eddie Johnston, they basically just rotated them game by game uh, throughout that entire postseason. The, The Flyers did it when they got to the cup finals in 2010 and lost to Chicago, Brian Boucher and Michael Layton were, it was, it, it's, in neither one of those was it like exactly one game for one, one game for the next, but it was it, like, not, they never got more than like two games in a row. So like sometimes they would go two in a row and then go back to the other guy. So yeah. it's not completely, it's not like it's something that has never, ever been done. Um, but it is obviously very rare and, especially rare for a team to, that actually makes a deep run, which which I fully acknowledge, which is why they probably won't do it because I don't really think they're... Um, I don't... Especially, I think, like, the influence that goalie Bob has. I, I think he has been on so many of these deep playoff runs and seen, you know, one goalie take charge that I can't imagine him really wanting to do this. So I don't think it will happen. Um but I don't know. I, I kind of think, kind of think I'd be open to it. Hey, well, you know what? You gave us 15 minutes of the pod, so I, I'm, <laughs> well, I'm all for it. 